that we think we need to be in order to get the love that we deserve. Um, we are all inherently deserving of love, and I pray for all of us that we can receive that. Let's dig through the mud together. We're so glad you're here. Join us here each week for Mudlark. But da 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 da. Mudlark. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Danny Boltz. If you are new to the show, welcome. And if you are returning, welcome back. I am laughing because I was recording the intro and then we have like five dogs on this farm and they were all barking like crazy and I had to stop and I was like, be quiet. And it just was funny to go from like, hi, welcome to I'm a monster. Anywho, I started Mudlark because I believe that our stories are what connect us, and for the longest time, I was craving a space that just felt completely transparent, and honestly, I was having a really hard time finding it. So, here we are. Today is a really exciting day, as I'm going to be introducing a new segment to the show called Speak, and Speak is where you listeners get a call in or write in and share your own unique stories and truths. This makes me more excited than I even know what to do with. I don't know what to do with this emotion because the calls I've already received make me melt. These stories are going to be shared anonymously and will have their own unique caller number that other listeners are going to be able to respond to. So basically, if you hear a story that you resonate with, you're going to be able to call in or write in and respond to that specific caller. My intention with Speak is to really just create a community of support and transparency and for all of us to just find that greater freedom inside of our stories because I know from my own, there the dogs go again, from my own unique experience that every time I speak the power out of my pain and intentionally speak true to the things that make me feel like bound or gross or not good enough, I feel the breaking through. So with this, with this work, with Speak, we are breaking through and empowering other people to do the same thing because that's what we want. Just a bunch of people speaking the fucking truth. Um, so here's a little bit of how the structural structure will work. Um, I'd like you to keep your stories under eight minutes as I'll be fitting in a handful of stories into each speak episode. Your story could look like you sharing something that you're struggling with daily or something you've felt deep shame around at some point in your life or something that's happened to you that has impacted the way you show up in the world today. You know, just these hard experiences we have as humans, they really shape us. And I'm just so looking forward to hearing what has changed you. You will submit your story by emailing me at hello at dannybolts.com, which I'll link in the show notes with either a written story that I can read out loud, like if you're a little nervous to have your voice on the show, um, or preferably you send me your own recorded voice note. I think there's something really powerful in hearing your 
voice. So please write speak in the subject line of the email along with a title to your story. Again, I'll have all this information in the show notes, so just head over there after the show to look into it deeper. Uh, Before we hop into the show today, I want to let you all know that the Montana House Retreat that I am co-leading with my husband this spring is starting to fill up. We have four spots left. I'll link all the details of the retreat in the show notes. Um, And if you haven't listened to episode 11 and are curious like what the Montana House Retreat is all about, go listen to that. Our intention with the Montana House Retreat is to help guide all of our guests back to their most creative and connected versions of self. We do this through various healing modalities, immersion in nature, creative workshops, and the most nourishing and simple meals you'll probably ever have in your life. It's one of the most magical times in my life to lead these retreats, and I would be honored to have you there and just treat you like a freaking queen or king. (laughs) They are co-ed. But so far, we've only had women. So, anywho, um, so much of our listenership here is in the Portland area, Portland, Oregon. So, I always like to mention that the Montana house is only eight and a half hours away from here, and there'll be a ton of carpooling options. Um, and our early bird special ends on December 15th, which is coming up. It's $100 off, and it's only 100 bucks to hold your spot, and tons of payment plan options. So, check it out. Email me if you have any questions at all. So for today's show, I'm sharing a handful of short stories from a few of our listeners. They are insanely beautiful, you guys. So touching and intense and true. And I just can't wait for you to hear. So without further ado, let's move on to the show. I'll see you on the other side. The name of our first story is Owning My Hardship, and this is from caller number one. I'll see you on the other side. I am the youngest of three with two older brothers, all born a year apart. My mom told me recently that she sobbed when I was born. She was so devastated to be pregnant again. My dad was like another kid. He couldn't hold down a job, he drank, and he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. I guess for the first few years as kids were around, he was really doting and happy to be a dad, but he put my mom through hell and could be violent and jealous. They divorced when I was young. I just found out recently that he wouldn't let her take us at first when she finally left him, so she left us with him. He did his best, but I mostly remember him passed out on the couch. When she came to visit next, he said, you have to take her. So she did. I was somewhere between three and five. Then some time later, he said the same about my brothers. So we were all together again, and my mom moved us out of the state, closer to her family. My dad followed, but didn't have a car. He rode his bike 300 or so miles to be close to us, and lived on a riverbank near our house. He'd come by and visit, even though he knew he wasn't supposed to be there, I remember feeding him a fudge-sickle while he stood on the stoop once. It was a weird time. My mom was working all the time. She worked in another state for some reason, so she'd leave Sunday and come home Friday. She felt guilty about leaving, so she never said goodbye. She'd just sneak out. My uncle lived with us. He was our caretaker. 
but his mental health wasn't great either, so he mostly just let us do whatever we wanted. Being the youngest and the only girl, I wasn't super welcome with my brothers. I also just always felt like the oddball with the other kids. I remember feeling on the outside, even back then, maybe because I was the kid whose crazy dad slept on the riverbank. Obviously, for different reasons, my relationship with my dad was never a traditional one either. There was definitely role reversal from a young age. It's a weird loss to have a parent who is there and accessible in flesh, but just never able to provide what you need as a kid. When I was in the second grade, we moved again. My dad was living at the lodge with some other people. The manager of the lodge was friendly and had a couple of kids. This manager started dating my mom, and pretty quickly, I think they were getting married, and he and his kids were moving in. I was in third grade, and I remember thinking that this guy was amazing, at least relative to my experience with fathers thus far. I remember saying, I want to marry somebody just like him when I grow up. This makes me sick to my stomach. Turns out he was a pedophile, and I've often wondered if he married my mom so he could have access to me. My mom worked a lot, and she was gone nights. She was always in survival mode, like so many single mothers, and I gathered that her experience with having a family was a joyless burden. She was checked out, I guess, and he took advantage. Anyway, at the same time, this was the only adult that had ever paid attention to me, showed me interest, encouraged me, listened to me. So this dual relationship was a major mindfuck. They were married for eight or nine years. The timeline of most of my life is pretty foggy. I don't remember how it stopped, to be honest. I think when I was old enough, I finally just said no. They got divorced, and infuriatingly, I felt sad for him, so I kept spending time with him. I wasn't letting him near me at this time, but I remember him buying me wine coolers when I was in high school. So gross. Then a few things happened. He took an interest in the little girl that lived in his apartment building, and I knew I had to do something. Again, this is foggy, but for some reason I told my brother what had been going on, and then he told my mom. I then had to go tell two male detectives what he did and where he touched me, etc., they subpoenaed him, and he wrote letters to all his kids denying everything, and then shot himself in a public place where a jogger found him. I was 15. It's all a blur. I was grateful on some level, then, as I am now, that he ended it so quickly. Meanwhile, I'm smoking all kinds of pot and drinking, while life feels pretty terrible, and that's what my friends did anyway. I also almost did not graduate high school. If I hadn't gotten in school, in school suspension, I wouldn't have been forced to finish all my outstanding work. Even with this, I almost didn't make it. Anyway, the substances are an element that introduced some really weird shit. I did lots of things that seemed like a good idea when I was high or drunk. It was a way to belong. I didn't know what I was supposed to do, how to act. I felt like an alien, and I was so fucking ashamed, so uncomfortable. Drinking or smoking was doing something, even if it was the lowest common denominator. Anyway, through all of this, I'm also desperate for male attention and remembering such longing and obsession. I look back on a long history of humiliation, degradation, and shame, sacrificing myself to win the favor of others. 
I have no idea. I have no, I have no idea how many people I've slept with. My relationships with women have also been tumultuous. When I was 18, my brother died in a drunk driving accident. Oddly enough, this also happened on the same road in which my, in which my stepfather committed suicide. He was home on leave from the Marines. This one really hurt. He was just starting to come into his own, and the fog of our adolescence was lifting enough to forge a relationship. Then he was just gone. Also during this period, I was not talking to my father, because he had called me drunk, said all kinds of crazy shit, and was generally abusive. I was done with it. I didn't talk to him for three years, during which time my brother was killed. A separate service was held just for my dad because nobody wanted him around. He had to be at his son's funeral alone. This still breaks my heart. Anyway, I reconnected with him maybe this next year. Maybe the next year. We went camping and had a swell time, though I was still more of a caretaker. He was increasingly paranoid, wouldn't go to the market across the street, so I often took him shopping for his groceries in the next town. One day, he said something that made me mad, so I kicked him out of my car. That was the last time I spoke to him because he had a heart attack and died a week or two later. I believe I was 21. It just felt like there was so much loss. My uncle, the one who took care of us when my mom was away, he committed suicide, and I've lost all my grandparents, which is not abnormal necessarily, but they were relatively young. My family just got small quickly. My mom, my oldest brother, and me have grown super close in a way as a result of all of this, which has been a gift. I've had some bumps on the road with my mom. Obviously, I've had to deal with some anger towards her, but we're good now. This stream-of-consciousness craziness are only some of the highlights. I know good things happen too, but it has felt for so long that all of this, the trauma, the shame, the dysfunction, the loss, the pain, was all there was. It defined me. I've gotten my life together. I have a master's, I have a master's degree and am building a career, although I have the imposter syndrome of all imposter syndromes. Maybe because, like you, it feels impossible to absorb and process information. I feel like a fraud. Anyway, my husband is wonderful. I'm starting to find the me that's been buried in all of this bullshit, but it's like the past, but it's like my past, especially before 30, just fell into this fugue and it's gone, even the good stuff. With so much distance between me and quote unquote the trauma, what I struggle with in the day-to-day -day is the insidious feeling that I'm invisible and this sense of worthlessness and unlovability in relationships, in my work and everything I do. I just feel like I don't belong and there's a chasm between me and the rest of the world. One of the things that's been hardest is my habit of undercutting my suffering and loss by minimizing it in, in relationship to others who have it so much worse so many people have heartbreaking hardship, burden, and unspeakable grief, but that does not diminish the losses I have experienced. The loss of my inherent self-worth, my innocence, sense of safety, protection, a healthy father, my brother, etc. It all matters and it's all real. Sometimes I'm grateful for my struggles because of the person I've become 
even despite what I feel to be intractable character flaws. I've also been shaped for the better by my experiences. And I'm trying to heal by doing things for myself, like going to retreats, listening to your podcast, doing my yoga teacher training this year, believing in myself enough to get a master's degree, and throwing myself into a career that scares the shit out of me, but one that I feel I am good at, at least sometimes. And all kinds of other things that feel self-indulgent, but are little baby steps towards helping me remember my inherent worth. So thank you for your ruthless vulnerability and for giving me the inspiration and space to share my story. Our next story is called Heart Share on Healing Self-Neglect, and this is from caller number two. I'll see you on the other side. Hey there. Um, Here is my story, and however imperfect it turns out, I let go and let my words just be here and land in whatever way they wish. So the story that I'm sharing or the experience that I'm sharing from right now is the experience of self-neglect and the journey of returning to myself after so many years of neglecting my needs and my feelings and my emotions. So, um... Really what has helped me see this more than anything has been the reflection of uh, relation relationship, specifically romantic partnership. And so I've had a long string of uh, monogamous relationships with um, little space in between them. And what I've come to see about myself is that I am so wanting and desiring to be loved and accepted, that I am willing, or have been willing, I am no longer willing, I have been willing to completely um, neglect myself, put my needs to the side, uh, silence myself in order to receive this quote-unquote love that um, I think that I'm receiving in these relationships. Even though the relationships that I have chosen to enter into have typically been in relationships where I wanted to be in a relationship with them, but they didn't really want to be in a relationship with me. They were actually actively looking for someone else who is better to be in a relationship with, which is probably a reflection of my own self-neglect, but nonetheless, that was there for me. And so, even in those relationships, though I felt unloved and felt unhappy, I still wanted so badly just that that little bit of affection and love that I was getting in those relationships that I was willing to to make myself sick over over the way that I actually felt that I didn't feel loved or appreciated um, by these people and you know, I had a partner who cheated on me many times, lied to me about it, um, would be with other women in public, in the community where we lived, and, um, even though he would blatantly do it in front of me, I mean, he would, like, enter, um, you know, like, open eye meditation with women for, like, 30 minutes at a time, like, while I was with him, (laughs) and I still 
could never really figure out how to express myself and say, you know, set a boundary and speak my need and say how I felt about it. I allowed myself to really be kind of abused and disrespected by this person, like right in my face. And so that, that started to wake me up out of this, um, self-negligence, but, and then the two relationships I had after that were really, really kind of put it into perspective with me of like, wow, what am I doing? I'm with these people. They don't even want to be with me, but somehow I'm trying to give my all to this relationship. And meanwhile, they're like half assing it and not even really there for me. And so that has really helped me. Um, those relationships really, even though they were very, very painful and I experienced betrayal and, um, my own betrayal, you know, I was betraying myself because I was never speaking up for myself in this attempt to get this love. And I, and it has happened to me with platonic relationships and work relationships. I give and give and give and try to just give in hopes that I'm going to get the love that I want to get. And I feel like I'm giving so much and then I'm not receiving back and I become resentful and I'm never able to really speak up and say anything about it. And I really feel like I'm finally get I'm getting through it. I'm getting to the other side of it. And now I'm with a partner who is not passive at all and who brings stuff up to me all the time and challenges me all the time to say how I feel. And now I'm in this epic process of returning to myself and seeing all the ways in which I have just abandoned myself um, for the sake of someone else. Um, to support someone else, to, to do whatever it is that I, that I think I'm doing for someone else, which is actually for myself because I want love from them. I want something from them, you know, I need it. And, um, now I'm with a man that loves me and I don't have to like do anything specifically for him or I don't have to be a certain way to win his love or affection. He just loves me and is affectionate to me. And, I, and I'm in, now in this process of returning to myself um, and being able to respect myself more. And this is still, I'm still working through um, neglecting my physical body and neglecting, you know, like way seeing ways like that I you know I'm not exercising as much as I should or um being as creative as I know would it would be good for me and as part of my self-care um or you know intermittent fasting or things that could you know support my digestion that I've always had a problem with so you know it's a process and I feel like I'm returning to myself more and more um, but that has, that came through a series of neglecting myself for so many years that I finally was able to wake up to what I was doing. And so my prayer in sharing this is that it will help or speak to anyone out there who sacrifices themselves and their own needs and desires, wants, feelings, and emotions for the sake of being um, the nice one, the kind one, the accommodating one, or whatever one um, that we think we need to be in order to get the love that we deserve. 
Um, we are all inherently deserving of love, and I pray for all of us that we can receive that, receive our own love and our own presence, and um, you know, show up and be authentic. And the people who really love us, who are really there to love us and encourage us, will show up for us then, in those moments. Um, yeah. And I forgive, and I forgive those also in this moment. I just want to speak some forgiveness to those who were unable to love me and show up for me and appreciate me and acknowledge me in the ways that I really needed. And I don't blame them. Um, but I know better now. So, hallelujah. Thank you so much. any of these stories ring true to you if you feel a connection to either one of these incredible women please reach out you can do so by writing me you can do so by recording your own voice response and just using the caller's name so caller number one or caller number two thank you guys so much for listening i'm really passionate about this segment and i just can't wait to hear more of your stories if you have not rated or reviewed the show please do this is what helps mudlark get into more ears and more hearts and it means the world to me i love you all so much thank you callers i love you love you love you love you love you have a beautiful day bye